Welcome to Your Thought Life Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Anderson. I'm trained professionally in cognitive behavior therapy and neuro-linguistic programming. I help people overcome mindset challenges. If you haven't already, do subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss any of the episodes that are released on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And if you're on a platform that supports it, do consider leaving us a rating and a review. It will really help us to grow the podcast and reach more people seeking this style of content. And thank you so much for your support. Habits of Highly Successful People Part 1 is our topic for today. I'm incredibly excited about this. I know many of you will have read the book, Habits of Highly Successful People. If you have been fortunate enough to read that, you will note that there are seven habits in the book. And I have taken a cross-section of interviews with individuals who have chief as part of their title, friends who have been millionaires for greater than a decade and continue to grow their wealth, as well as pieces and parts of psychology the studies that have gone in to really coming to understand what is it that makes these sort of individuals tick. In order for us to get through 12 habits, it was needful that I break this into two parts. In part one, we will tackle the first six. In part two, we'll tackle the second six. Certainly, if you are a consumer of the book, you will note that many of the things that I'm going to share hold true in that body of work as well. So you'll see some overlap, if you will. But it's only fair that we start out by defining what does success mean? Because for me, that is a very subjective topic. 20 years ago, success for me was financial freedom. Well, I have that now. That definition of success is now changed for what can I do in that arena for my children and my children's children. And I have subs that I also have, some of which are personal, some of which are marital. Success means something different for each of us. And I thought that it's fair for us to lead in with what are the most common definitions of success today. That's really the achievement of goals, the fulfillment that we have in conjunction with happiness. Certainly financial well-being is a part of success for many of us. Recognition and status, sometimes even titles, will help us with our self-esteem and then My absolute favorite of all of those on this list, personal growth and self-development. Number six is healthy relationships. And we conclude this list with balance and well-being between work, life, personal, and like. Now, if your definition of success doesn't fit into what I've just shared, then simply substitute your definition of success, and then from there you'll be able to go into the rest of this talk on a sort of even playing field. Now that we have a proper introduction, let's start off with one of six, being goal 
oriented, having a clear sense of purpose and direction with specific and achievable objectives. This means that we're regularly reviewing and refining our goals to ensure that they remain relevant and challenging. We break large goals into smaller goals. We take actionable steps. We set milestones to track our progress. I know you've heard this if you're a frequent listener of the podcast over and over again, but it's necessary until we get into the habit of doing it to keep making mention of it. It seems fundamental, and it is, but until it becomes a part of our being, we need to keep hearing it so it grabs our attention at the right time and changes our behavior. In short, this specific habit of being goal-oriented reinforces our commitment to be a purpose-driven person and to have a purpose-driven life. Clear goals provide direction and motivation. They act as a roadmap for the actions that we need to take, after which all we need to do then is prioritize our tasks, make the appropriate decisions, and measure our progress toward the desired goal or toward the outcome that we desire. This is what we refer to as being goal-oriented. Number two, being results-driven where we're focusing on achieving tangible outcomes and measuring the progress toward that outcome. I remember one of my CIOs, she was very clear in her direction to her direct reports. She would always say, I'm really not concerned about all of the external things that are going on that are preventing you from doing what I've asked you to do. What I'm concerned about is execution. Results were the main idea. And if you wanted to be on her good side, you learned how to press through your issues, how to maneuver throughout the org and whatever political scenarios popped up or challenges so that you could execute. It's no different when you're running your own business or you're a solopreneur starting your own SMB. You have to be results driven. To strengthen this habit, you're continuously monitoring your progress toward your goal and you're using key performance indicators. This probably warrants a podcast all on its own, so I'm going to make a note to bring this specific topic back for a deeper dive. But we need metrics to really help us assess how we're doing against this outcome that we desire. Regularly evaluating our strategy, seeing if it's creating the outcome that we want, and then tweaking and refining it that we can optimize the plan to get the results that we need. And you think about this from a success standpoint, this specific habit of being results driven ensures that our efforts are, you know, productive. They align with whatever the objective is. When we're focused on measuring our outcomes, we're able to have clarity on what's working, what needs to be improved, which in fact leads to us being more effective in our overall use of time, energy, and resources. This is how you become results-driven. 
Fun fact, before I bring in the next topic, there was a time in my life where I had some serious issues with perfectionism, which tailspinned into what do you call that procrastination. It totally impacted number three, being action-oriented. Being action-oriented is no more than being consistent and taking purposeful steps toward the goals without procrastination. When you're action-oriented or you have an action-oriented nature, you're organized, you have a punch list or a to-do list or a schedule to keep all of your affairs nice, neat, and tidy. When you're able to prioritize your tasks, as we talked about in the previous step, now we can see and assess the urgency of specific tasks, get down to order, and what's going to give us the biggest bang for our energy expenditure. We always want to be tackling the most critical tasks first. Remember, they don't have to be 100%. They don't have to be perfect. We just need to execute. If we can get to a B, or if that effort would equal to a B, that would be fantastic. That's plenty good enough for this first pass in order for us to complete this critical task. I want you to keep in mind that distractions are going to attempt to come into your purview to throw you off track. You have to anticipate those. And by you anticipating those, knowing how you're going to address them when they show up unannounced and unwanted, it's going to give you an edge in staying on this track of being action-oriented. Success is built on consistent action. Taking the initiative, following through on your tasks are essential for achieving any goal, dream, or aspiration. Habits, just like this one and of the other two that we've covered thus far, enable us to make tangible progress and capitalize on opportunities swiftly. Family, at this point, we've talked about being goal-oriented. We've talked about being results-driven. We've talked about being action-oriented. Now we're going to dive into being self-disciplined. This is our ability to control our impulses, stay committed to a task, and resist some of the distractions that are going to pop into our purview that we just talked about in the previous habit. Self-control is developed by practicing. You have to practice putting yourself under subjection. You have to practice willpower. Just as soon as you get the ants out of your head, the automatic negative thoughts, the limiting beliefs, the scarcity mindset, and that whole cluster of low-level vibrations, this becomes very easy to do. So if you struggle in this specific area, take a look at those three guys. One of those three guys is probably going to attempt to keep you where you are, and you need to break free from that to have the level of discipline that's necessary for you to be a highly successful person. It's going to be necessary for mastery here for you to create routines that reinforce discipline where you hold yourself accountable 
for staying on track with any commitment that you make. How you do one thing is how you do everything. It's important in every area of life where you make a commitment, you follow through, you complete it, no matter how difficult it may be. Then you build into your being the idea, the notion that you can set a target and you can do the needful to hit the target, no matter what are the environmental conditions tell you, whether those environmental conditions are internal or external. You got to stick to it, this, and you can get it done. And when it's time for you to be selected and it's two other people and you've got a track record like this that everybody knows and it's demonstrated in your work products, guess who's going to get the gig? You're going to get the gig. Guess who's going to get the promotion? You're going to get the promotion. It doesn't have anything to do with age. It really has everything to do with the self-discipline. People seeing that there's a higher level of that that exists in you and it differentiates you from the pack. Now, self-discipline is a cornerstone for consistency and reliability. We have to really work on tempering ourselves to resist all of the things that enter in to change our focus, to change our minds, to change our hearts. And we need to preserve with everything in us the idea that we're going to do this until it's done. And it doesn't have to be, again, A+. plus. It needs to be a proper outcome that we can be proud of, assuming that we're not going to act like perfectionists. Number five, I learned from the armed services during the time that I spent there, those 10 years, and this is being proactive. There was significant disciplinary action toward members of a team, an elite group, where being in a position where you are always reactive, certainly there are going to be some situations, but where it was a perpetual cycle and it could be identified, this was a really bad thing. But to be proactive, taking the initiative, anticipating challenge, and shaping the circumstances, these things were A-plus qualities that were literally taught to all of us from the very entry to the last day that we served in the armed services. When you're proactive, you're able to actively seek ways to improve your circumstances You're getting ahead of the scenarios. You're getting ahead of the environmental situations. You're even thinking through psychologically some of the barriers that you've faced before. And if you face those in this ordeal, how you're going to cross over, how you're going to break through that by being proactive, finding the solution before the problem even presents itself. Now, there's a fine line here. We can't do this so much that we get so far into the future that it starts to weigh on us and anxiety comes in. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about is you have a specific goal. You have mapped out what the targets are for the goal. You're working proactively to think about what things might logically that we've literally seen before, not made up in our head, could go wrong and what we're going to do to rectify that. ASAP if it presents itself. That's it. We're not stuck out in the future marinating on the wrong things. With respect to success, when we're not passive, 
we're taking ownership of the situation. We're exercising this sort of proactive mindset. This is when the stars start to align for us. It's here where success is cultivated into the manner in which we think about how we are in control of the situation and how we are in control of the outcome. By all means, practice being proactive. It's going to be one of your best friends for a very long time, irrespective of the size of the opportunity. This is going to work for you. And finally, that brings us to number six, which is setting clear goals. We want our goals to be specific, measurable, and time-bound, right? They should also be achievable, and they should be relevant. This is a criteria that I learned many years ago, first in my early days in corporate, then again in academia as I was pursuing a master's degree. It was part of my coursework. This system really works. It does take time for you to really get it ingrained in you, but once it is, it will help you construct your goals, your milestones with such clarity that it's very easy for you to see or for others to see how it's specific, how it's measurable, how it's achievable, why it's relevant, and then being time-bound is going to be the icing on the cake. When you're able to clearly have goals and milestones and objectives, this tucks nicely into your roadmap. It gives you the purpose that you need. It gives you the get started momentum. And if you find yourself falling off course for some reason, many of the things that you will do in this smart goal setting strategy may also provide the kickstart that you need to get back on track if you face something that took you for a ride that you didn't want to be on. Clear goals help us to stay motivated. It helps us to focus on literally what matters. And it guides our actions and decisions toward the outcome that we desire, family. If you didn't note this, you should listen again and you should really listen for how these first six are so closely intertwined that if you weren't paying really, really close attention, you would think some of them either were part of the previous or were somehow intertwined. And indeed they are. Just to set you up for the greatest level of success, you may take another listen to this before we go into part two. I always try to give you order of precedence. These first six are the first six because they are most important. These other six that we're going to go over tomorrow or in the next episode, they will snag you for sure, but not nearly as bad as these first six, if science is correct. I want to thank you for tuning in, and that's going to conclude this episode. appreciate your time and attention. I want to remind you that you are enough. You can do it. You are uniquely equipped to realize your goals. Until next time, take care and be safe.